All right, welcome to America's Podcast. Today we have on... Ashton Riker. Awesome. How's it going, Ashton? Pretty good, man. Just moving and grooving, trying to make it. Yeah. So, uh, how is this quarantine treating you? Um, It's been interesting. Uh, it's been a change, but it actually hadn't been as crazy for me as for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I had some health issues that kind of kept me like in the house for five, six months. And like right when I started getting better and was able to go back out in the world and stuff, this happened. So mm. hadn't really been much of a change for me. <laughs> I'm just chilling at the house a little bit more, you know, longer than I wanted to be. Yeah. yeah. So um, I f- found Ashton, actually, uh, Rachel... Uh, sent his profile to me on Instagram and uh, checked out your music and dude, you got some pipes on you. Thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you man. I appreciate it. Thank yeah. You. So um, you've also worked with a lot of different people. Yeah. In the uh, especially the Memphis area, mm-hmm. um, I saw a good bit of Lil White yeah. and uh, what's that dude's name? Um, God, I think it starts with an A. I can't Al think Capone. of it. Yeah, Al Capone. Yeah, Al Capone. Mr. Whoop that trick. Yeah. 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 So what's it like working with, uh, you know, main Memphis people? Uh, man, it never gets old. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I was, when I was a teenager, I I was listening to, especially like Al, uh, but Al, 3-6, um, all that stuff. And like, I used to get made fun of a lot for it because, you know, it's what I was always listening to. But at the same time, I would turn around and listen to Al Green and Donnie Hathaway or, earth wind and fire so i had a really kind of eclectic but spastic you know taste in music mm. and i used to walk around like listening to these guys and i knew every word they were saying seeing all the videos and then you know uh just like a like a dream as a kid you know man i want to work with those guys one day yeah and just through a lot of hard work and some luck it it happened and um you know they're like family yeah like, on, i mean honestly Especially like Al and uh, and Frazier and Pat, uh, like White, um, like me, Al and Frazier were on the road together for like two months. Mm. So we, ba- you know, basically lived together, and you know, it was it was pretty cool. So it's never um, it's never dull. There's always something to be learned, and uh, yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty dope. <laughs> so what really got you, I guess, uh, into music? Did is just something that you just you know grew uh, into? Well. I kind of came out singing, according to my mom. <laughs> um, I actually started out doing musical theater, of all things. Um, and I did that <clears throat> professionally for a number of years, probably from the time I was like uh, maybe six or so until probably four, about 14. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get into this like interesting spot where you're too uh too old to play a kid's role too Mm. young to play an adult role and then that's when the music really just took over um i just started singing the stuff i liked like one of the first things i just really dove into was uh stevie wonder and then stevie led me to donny hathaway and then i ended up revisiting all my memphis roots when i was a teenager because i was a Stax kid so i was always around you know the memphis music and everything and i fell in love and i was like I want to do this for the rest of my life, you know. So, lo and behold, that's what I do now. Yeah. Know? Could you go into stacks a little bit more? Like, I am, yeah. I am, as I said, I just moved here in April. So, oh, uh, where are of, you from? Of man? last year. Um, I'm from Aniana, Alabama. So, okay. it is like, you ever heard of Gaston, Alabama? Nope. All right. Birmingham, Alabama? Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, Birmingham is probably like an hour southwest of like where I'm from. Okay. Yeah. But, um, 
Yeah, it's population of like six thousand people. Okay, so a small city, but um, yeah, I I've heard about Stacks and I, but I don't really know much about it. Yeah, so uh, Stacks um, was a record label uh, in Memphis in the '60s and '70s, um, and I mean all the classic Memphis soul hits, uh, you know anything Sam and Dave, Otis Redding. Uh, Isaac Hayes, it all came out of Stax. Mm. Stax music is some of the most heavily sampled music out there, especially in hip hop. Um, and they have a music academy and a charter school. Um, so when I was, I think I was 14, I started out in their um, Street Corner Harmonies program. Um, it was like music education, really intense. Um, I think I went three, four times a week, three to four to five hours a day, plus gigs and extra rehearsals and stuff. So, you know, you really had to devote yourself to it. Um, but it, it gave me a lot of opportunities to perform, to refine my craft, like, you know, uh, and rub shoulders with these people that, you know, I've been listening to my whole life, you know, instead of just hearing B.B. King play, you know, you get to meet B.B. King. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you don't have to go your entire life wondering what it was like uh, to go on tour in Europe in the 60s because you can just talk to the guys that were there. They'll yeah. just come talk to you. Um, so it's, it's, really, it's a really good thing for the community, um, especially for the youth. Because um, with this Memphis music, I mean, I don't want to say that it's going away, but it's changing. Mm. It's definitely not going away. Um, but we've got to keep our, our roots alive because it's all the it's all the same conversation, just told a different way, stylistically, okay. you know. And Stax has a lot to do with that conversation. Um, it's kind of like a Memphis staple, I guess. Have you had a chance to check out the museum or anything no, yet? No, I haven't. Oh, man. <laughs> you got to go, dude. They got Isaac Hayes' Cadillac that's, like, decked out in gold. Hmm. Um, I mean, they've got all the crazy costumes and just all the you know pieces of history that you'd want to see um, tells a lot about this city as well. Uh, highly recommend it. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So is that something that you um, that you were heavily involved in, like with I guess um, from you said you were what fourteen or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So is that something that you were heavily involved in, and you? I have like stayed with it or you, you like kind of phase out of it. Uh, well, you kind of, I, I kind of aged out. Mm -hmm. Um, but it led me to the next chapter in my life. Um, through them, I ended up, um, getting introduced to Berkeley city music, uh, from Berkeley college of music in Boston. Okay. Um, and I ended up getting a scholarship, uh, to go to school there. I got a full scholarship. Um, so I, I was heavily devoted to the the theory side of things at Stax and learning how to run a sound check. I mean, really just how to be a musician, you yeah, know, yeah. which, you know, it, it, there's a lot that goes into it. People think you just hop on a stage and you do a show and you're done. No, yeah. there's so much more that goes into it. Um, so I've had some connections. I've come back and done some shows with them before. Um, like I said, they, they've supported me a lot. Um, so yeah, it's been a great relationship. It's a big part of my childhood and my teenage years that um, I still kind of hold on to, and I hope to be able to give back to one mm -hmm. day. You know, because I have had the opportunity uh, to 
do this for a living, which not a lot of people can say that. You know, there, there's there always has to be some kind of crazy side hustle or, you know, music has to be like just a hobby. Um, but I've been lucky enough to be able to devote my life to it and spend time with it. And at one point in time, I was one of those kids just sitting there looking at somebody that I thought had made it, you know, talk and it was inspiring. And I want to go back and do that and be like, yo, it really is possible. <laughs> like you, you don't have to be super famous to make a living as yeah. a musician. You can be happy doing what you love, you know? Yeah. Um, and that place really instilled that in me. So it was, a, it was a good foundation to have, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. So is that, um, I guess, something that you'll have set up in the future is being able to go back and help? Yeah, I'd like to. You know, it'd, it'd be just a matter of picking up the phone. I'm sure that, you know, they, they're not going to shy away from volunteers. That's yeah. for sure. I've done it before. I did the, uh, I was a counselor for the their summer program a while back. Um, I'm not sure what it's called now, but back then it was called SNAP. Hmm. Um but yeah, it, it, they're great. And I mean, they're doing a lot of stuff still with the Grizzlies and um, things like that. The school's great. Uh, when I started, I don't think the school was any more than just a couple grades. But from what I understand now, it's, it's full high school and everything. So it's it's been pretty cool to watch. That's know? awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I just started doing music about three years ago. And when I started doing music... It was just a bunch of like YouTube, like that's yeah. all I did was just like YouTube yeah. people who were, who were doing it, and uh, that's what I was talking to my wife earlier about was basically like if you want to get good at something, just look at the people who are good at it, and then well, just yeah. figure out what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, that that there's something to be said for that, um, for sure. One one thing that I do uh, is when I find an artist that I like. I don't just go and listen to their catalog. I go back and listen to what inspired them mm. and just keep following it back, you know, because it's like trying to get the whole story, Yeah, you know. Um, so I think it's easier to come to terms with and understand a lot of the the music that you hear when you, when you get all the pieces to the puzzle. Sometimes it's boring, I'm not going to lie. Like yeah, sometimes yeah. it's like I'll read these liner notes and it's like, okay, I have no clue who this artist is, but such and such likes him, so let's check it out. And then I'll turn it on. I'm like, wow, this is not for me <laughs> at all. You know, but you find some cool stuff too. Yeah. So who who's some people that really inspired you coming up? Um, Donnie Hathaway, for sure. Donnie Hathaway, Al Green, Otis Redding. Um, Steven Tyler, Freddie Mercury, uh, Elton John, Frank Sinatra, Tony Bennett, Charlie Wilson. Such a broad category. <laughs> uh, no, dude, I mean, it, that's, that, that's just like the, the singing stuff. But I mean, like, I really do listen to just about everything. I mean, the only thing I just don't really get down to is country. Really? And even then, like, I, I can still find something to appreciate. Like, I, I like outlaw country, like mm -hmm. that old country that tells a story, you know? Yeah. Like, I like Merle Haggard and Willie Nelson. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, so I listen to that every now and then. But really, I, I, listen, to, I, I listen to show tunes. I listen to Broadway musicals. I, I listen to copious amounts of trap rap. Like, just, <laughs> just Project Pat, 3-6, like, you name it. I've got it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's, I have this playlist in my car 
and I just I don't even play it when anyone else is in the car because there is no rhyme or reason to it. <laughs> I'm serious. You'll you'll go from like you know whoop that trick to like a Tito Puente like jazz thing. That's funny. And like I won't skip a beat. I'll be in the car whoop that trick. And then the <laughs> next thing I know, I'm just, <laughs> just going. And then I'm sure you know if somebody else was in the car, they'd be looking at me like you're an interesting bunch of guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So is there a particular, I guess, sound that you like to stick to when you're making music? Hmm. Or do you just Ooh, like... Ooh, they want me to go in a box. Yeah, yeah, I right. I don't want to go in the box. Yeah, yeah. Every, time I, I, every time I find myself like entering a box, I just, I want to break it down. You yeah. know, like um, right now I'm working on an album uh, and we've been at it for... I guess writing it for a couple, a couple years now, um, and we're not stale on it. We're not dry on it. We're not tired of it or anything, but we decided like to you know just take a break from it. And so one of the first things I did was I, I wrote this song that's got like these Queen influences. Like I called up my buddy uh, Andrew Sano, shout out Sano, uh, that um, he's my best friend, my guitar player, my engineer. Uh, producer and I called him I was like yeah man I got this idea but it, it's kind of different for what we do told it to him we ended up with like this rock song just out of nowhere and then a week later I've got this song that sounds like three six could jump on it mm. and then I'm sure next week I'll have some kind of jazz riff to take to him you know so it's like right now we're just making music that feels good, whatever style it is, whatever. I guess that's what box I want to be in, whatever I'm feeling like at the time. Yeah. You know, I don't see a problem with um, diversity in your artistry. I think it's a great thing. What's difficult is if you want to do an album, which is what I'm trying to do now, because it's hard to take so many different styles and tie them together in a way that makes sense thematically for an album. Yeah. You know, because otherwise you've just got what? An LP? You've just got a collection of tracks. Yeah. You know, that doesn't really tell a story. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like for my last project, we recorded probably 40 songs and it took a couple years and it was like, all right, it's down to these seven songs. Here we go. <laughs> That's what we're putting out, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. I guess I just try to stay in the box of what feels good. But I guess for the most part, that's... um. If given my druthers, it's it's always I'm a balladarian at heart. I love a good piano vocal, mm. um, straight up. I love that, but I also love making music about like this imaginary lifestyle of you know living the high life in Vegas. Yeah, and, you know who doesn't want to think about yeah. that? You know, it's kind of like dress for the job you want, not the job you have. So yeah. I guess I'm singing about the life I want, not yeah. the life I have. You know. So just stuff that makes people feel good. And then every now and then um, I'll get really personal when I write a song. That That's kind of, it's already a, a vulnerable thing to be a songwriter. Just because it's like, here's what's in my head. Yeah. I hope you like it. And if you don't, then I'm just going to go cry for a long <laughs> time, you know? Um, so, I don't know, man. Um, I just... 
Yeah, it's a complicated question. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I actually am releasing an album on July third, and uh-huh. it's it's like what you said. Like I, I knew I wanted to make it actually fit. You know, it's when you're actually putting out an album, you want the songs to correlate with each right. other because if if they don't, then it's hard for somebody to just hit play on song one and don't touch it to the end of it. Right. And I thought about that when I was making the songs and I was like, all right, how can we take this music and make sure that when somebody, you know, when somebody does that, when they hit play, they just, you know, don't touch it. So it's, it's all about making sure the, the beats are good, you know, make sure that they have some sort of correlation. You don't want something that's like, you know, completely drastic from the rest of it because then that kind of throws people off. Right. But, um, it's, it's, it's fun, you know, it is just, fun. just trying to make sure that's all together. Yeah. I mean, like w- one of the things I enjoy, uh, is that, I don't know, like with my music career, I kind of have like this, it's like I, li- I lead this double life almost, mm-hmm. you know, it's like half the time I'm singing tender, you know, tender hearted soul music and stuff like that. And then the other half of the time, I'm on tracks with like Al and White and stuff like that, yeah. and like do, doing the other side of stuff I love. So it's like I, I feel super fortunate that I get to, what would they say, like sink your teeth into all the styles you mm. want to, you know? Because fuck boundaries, man. Fuck yeah. boxes. Like you know, I, I I get it, but it's not for me. Mm. I'm one of those people like I could not have a desk job, dude. Yeah. I would, A, I'd suck at it. I'd just, <laughs> I'd just be bored to tears and I wouldn't be worth anything. But like, I just, I don't know. That's That might be kind of one of my problems though. It's mm-hmm. like when it comes down time to like pick tracks for a project, every single track is like, ah, but there's a story here too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, dude, just you gotta let some of them go. You yeah. Know? But yeah, it. I enjoy the process. Yeah. Yeah. So when you are making a certain song, like, do you feel as if there's a certain, a certain kind of feel to that song that you want to make sure the music is, you know, being portrayed the same way the lyrics are? Absolutely. There has to be instances of prosody. Um, You know, uh, unless you're going for something kind of different, you know, like, if, if you have a sad song, you, you want something that invokes that emotion from your instrumentation, mm-hmm. from your chord quality, from the harmony in the song. Um, do you make beats? Like, do you play piano and I play like piano. Recording? Okay. I play piano a little bit. I'm not a real piano player. Yeah. But you just, you just, you know wouldn't to... know that, though. I'm really good at fooling people into thinking okay. I can play. Like, if you ask me to play one of my songs, you're damn right, buddy. I can play piano. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can I can pick out some other stuff. You know, I mean, I know all my chord theory and stuff. I know how to play, but yeah. getting my fingers to do the actual work, I'm 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 a rhythm guy, man. Yeah, I, yeah. I cannot do anything flashy. Um, I do know I do know how to make beats, mm-hmm. but I leave that up to like my buddies that like yeah. that's what they do. Okay. You know? Um you know, more more of what I do with them is uh, if it's not a song that I've written like the chords and the melody and lyrics and everything to, we'll get in a room and somebody will start cooking up some drums. Somebody will start, you know, coming up with just a key part, 
and then we'll, I might sing something. I'm like, yeah, like pick some instrument, but sing this little part. You know, mm. we, it's just a collaborative process. And then what I like to do is take whatever we come up with and top line it. Mm. So go off and write uh, melody and lyrics and all that stuff uh, later on. So, yeah. Do you have a, a solid group of people that you're always oh, yeah. with? Yeah, the Lost Boys. Lost Boys, yeah, okay. That's what we're, uh, we're calling it now. Um, I'm the latest member to join, <laughs> but um, it's my buddies uh, Andrew Sano and Mike Sweep. Okay. Um, uh, Sano is a multi-talented producer, guitar player. I mean, he's he's engineering and producing for everybody. I mean, he's really making major major moves. Okay. Um, Mike Sweep, same thing. He's he's an incredible um, piano player. He's got an amazing ear for production. He's a good vocalist. Uh, his ear for harmony is insane. I mean, he's just a solid all-around musician and songwriter and creator. Okay. Um, so the three of us have been working together a lot lately. Um, and I, I feel really good about that group. And that's our, um, you know, on the production side of things. On the live, th- you know, live side of things, we play uh, together as well. Mm-hmm. But we have other elements we bring in, of course, drums and bass and all that stuff. But you know, that's kind of one of the things about um, our sound. Whether it's in the studio or whether it's live, we're very confident in the people we surround ourselves with. You know, yeah. it's all about good vibes and having a team mentality and the right attitude. You know, everybody checks their egos at the door. It's like it's like uh, it's a healthy environment to create in. It's yeah. really nice. You know, was it difficult for you to find those people? Oh God, yeah, man. <laughs> Fuck, dude, are you kidding me? Is it hard to find reliable musicians <laughs> <laughs> that don't want to fuck you over, <laughs> stab oh you in my the back? God. Yeah. Um. <laughs> you say that as if that's from experience. So <laughs> been there, done that, my friend. Got you. Um. No, dude, uh, me and Sano have been buds uh, since Stax. He was a Stax kid, too. Okay. Um, he's just a couple years younger than me. Um, but let's see. Uh, I went off to college. He ended up going to Berkeley as well, and we linked up briefly there. Uh, then I came back here, and I didn't really have any gigs because like, I had gigs before I went to school. Uh, and then I left, went to college, came back, everybody I was gigging with, had gigs and stuff going on and nobody needs a lead singer. You know, Mm. it's like nobody's looking for that. Everybody's looking for drummers, guitar players, bass players, but no one's like, Hey, we have everything except the singer. That's interesting. So are singers just everywhere or is is that? Oh yeah, man, man, it's Memphis. Everybody and their auntie sings, man. Come (laughs) on, dude. (laughs) Or thinks they can anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, that's uh, crazy to me actually. Yeah, and, you know, so I, I always had people that I, you know, like, gigged with and wanted me to, you know, get back in the scene and stuff, but I could never seem to work it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then me and Andrew got together, started working. We got linked up with Royal Studios, uh, with Boo Mitchell and all them. Mm-hmm. They're like another family to me. They're incredible. That's a dude I've been trying to get on here. Oh, Boo? Is Boo, oh, yeah. yeah. He's awesome. I, I didn't know who that was at all until uh, oh, you I had. Gotta, you got to know who Boo is, man. Yeah, I had yeah. Victor Sawyer on. Okay. And he's in the Lucky Seven Brass Band. I mm. got their sticker there. But he uh, was like, yeah, there's. It was. we were talking about 
doing music and like getting your music out there, like mm-hmm. putting it on Spotify and all that stuff. Right. Like, uh, for those of you who don't know, there's stuff like uh, CD Baby, Distro Kid, right. stuff like that. That's how you can get your music out there. Well, um, we were talking about that. And uh, he was like, yeah, there's no longer like these gatekeepers. Like you don't need people like Boo Mitchell just to get your music out mm-hmm. there. And uh, w- when he had said that, I was like, yeah, yeah. But I, like, I didn't know who Boo was. <laughs> <laughs> so um, could you elaborate a little more on, you know, what Boo has done for I'll, the area? Well, it, yeah. Um, if you want to go him specifically, if you've ever heard Uptown Funk, you can thank Boo and Royal Studios for that. Really? Yeah. Uh, uh, actually, all of uh, Mark Ronson's uh, what was that Uptown uh, Uptown special what was that was that I think that's what that album was called. Mm. Whatever album Uptown Funk was on, that whole album was cut at Royal. Hmm. Um, I mean, they, they 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 if it's big and it's music related in this city, they've got something to do with it because that's that's that is the history in Memphis. Willie Mitchell and Royal Studios. That's where Al Green. Cut all his music, the high rhythm section. Okay. I mean, they had, was it 26 or 27 gold and platinum records in a row? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And that, that's just one of the artists that came out of Royal um, and high records. And um, I mean, you go in there and it's exactly the same as it was back in the day. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing has changed. It's the same instrument, same board. That's wild. Yeah, it's like a blast from the past. And I'm lucky enough, um, and so is Andrew, uh, we actually have played with the high rhythm section uh, numerous times. So if you've ever heard Love and Happiness yeah, or Let's Stay Together and you heard the organ and all that, that's that's uh, Uncle Charles. And then we got Flick, uh, Uncle Leroy on bass. Mm-hmm. We were on tour with uh, them as well when we were on with uh, Alan Frazier with Take Me to the River. Um Going back to your question about working with some of the Memphis legends, that's another set of legends that has been incredible to work with. Okay. Um, we got a chance to go on the road with William Bell, Charlie Musselwhite, Bobby Rush, the high rhythm section, um, and all these guys from the older generation of Memphis soul music and listen to their stories and hear how they did it and them kind of like passing the reins down to, to us, you know, to keep the, the movement and the music going. It's just incredible. I mean, don't get me wrong. Berkeley College of Music is a great school. It's the best contemporary music school in the world. But you can't get that kind of learning at Berkeley. Mm. It's like on the job training that yeah, like, yeah. no one can get. You know. <laughs> so uh, I had to throw that in there. It just kind of kicked back in my head. Sorry. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I. Um, you know, even though I don't know a ton about like the people in the area, but it seems like the more people I have on this podcast. Mm-hmm learning about, you know, what they have done for this area. It's it's pretty special just to have, like, people who are the roots of an area helping people afterward, like how you were talking about, oh, I'd love to go back and help, you know, stack somehow. Like, that. that's how music grows. Oh, absolutely, man. Um, And, I mean, you're going to find that in Memphis, period. Um, But, you know, if you say that, you know, there's not a lot that you know about Memphis or the area – Man, there's a lot about Memphis that would surprise you. Mm. Uh, I mean, seriously. And so much of it comes down to the music culture. I mean, you know, even down to our politics and things like that. All comes down to music, politics, and barbecue. And, you know, I mean, if you if just um, stereotypical Memphis is kind of 
exactly what you think it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's gritty, but it's beautiful. Um, it's just there's no there's no other place like it in the world here. I mean, you know, it's not the oldest city in the world, but the history that we do have, man, we seen some shit. You know yeah, what I yeah. mean? Like good and bad. Yeah. Um. So it's it's I, I'm I feel really fortunate to have grown up here. Um, so I don't know if you're a museum guy or anything like that. I'm yeah. a super nerd, so I'm like <laughs> all in for that stuff. Yeah. But you should really like do some reading up on the city. There's there's some cool stuff to be found. Not not just about the music, but the <clears throat> culture in general, everything here. Yeah, there's a guy at work that keeps telling me about the metal museum. Oh yeah. Metal museum's cool. Yeah. Um, let's see, have you been to the like the Pink Palace? I've I haven't really been anywhere. anywhere? Oh, man. Oh, dude, all right. I'm going to have to make you a list, bro. I mean, have you hit up the barbecue spots? Like, Yeah, okay. So I've been to food places. Okay, all right. Let's hear this. Let's let's hear it. What's your... uh, I'll be the interviewer now. (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead. What uh, what are your favorite Memphis food places, man? (sighs) Okay, so... um, the ribs from what's that? Is it BB King? Gosh, what's the name of that BB place? BB King's on Bill. Yeah. Okay. Is that the name of that place? There's Blue City Cafe. Blue City Cafe. Yeah. Okay. And then so, there, there is a BB King's on Bill. Yeah. Oh, the, okay. So the one that's like right on the corner. They're both right on the corner. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh. I'm not sure if it's Blue City or if it's the BB King one, but it's it's like. If you pass, there's a hotel that's on the corner and you take a left. If you come in like, well, shoot, that's that's weird. Anyways, the, the ribs were as advertised. I think okay. they were on like a food network or something okay. like that. Okay, all right. But probably, they were amazing. Probably Blue City. Okay. And then. You had Central yet? No. I heard Central God, has like. Central, man. The best barbecue nachos or something they're like that. Fire. Central's got a bunch of good, man, like. Their their wings are actually really really good. Hmm. Um, I like Central's ribs though, man. You got you got to check that out. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Uh, who else has some great food? Topps Barbecue is pretty dope. Oh yeah, dude. Have you had a Topps cheeseburger yet? Yes. Yeah. yeah man. That was actually the first thing I had from there mm-hmm. because my boss at work loves their their burgers. Like that's yeah. what he gets all the time. That's what a lot of people get when they go to Topps. Yeah, and they yeah. were like, um, I was like, what are you eating? He was like, Topps Barbecue, and I was like. You got a burger from a barbecue place? And he was like, have you had it? Have and I was like, no. Yet, <laughs> I was like, Don't no. Don't until you try it, bro. And that's, I, so I've been there, I went there twice. And both times I got the burger because mm-hmm. it was just that good. And then, uh, but my wife actually got the barbecue. Okay. And she she really liked the barbecue. I was like, let me try it. And I was like, this is just as good as the burger. <laughs> like, everything's great here. Yeah, it's cool, man. Like, um. Like the way like barbecue, like with tops, the way we have that here. And that's kind of like a staple, like fast food barbecue. Yeah. Like in Boston or in Massachusetts and stuff up there, like where I went to college, they've got that, but like roast beef places. Hmm. So like Arby's kind of, but like a real version of that, like not a chain. Like they got this thing called Bill and Bob's, Mm -hmm. but like, it's just kind of crazy. Like it's how these like little regional places have like, you know, their own little food like fast food places like yeah you know where you where else are you gonna get drive through barbecue like <laughs> readily anywhere in a major city like probably here and then somewhere in texas maybe mm-hmm. you know i don't think you'd see a lot of that everywhere else yeah and i'm sure outside of arby's like you don't see drive through roast beef in memphis you know or in mississippi or something hey come get your roast beef sandwich like nobody's going to get that you yeah. know what i mean yeah yeah so you 
Uh, have you been to any good places downtown or anything to eat? Uh, let's see. Where else have I been that was really good? There's a good bit. I actually, I love like the mom and pop places. Like oh, yeah, the, the, the places that like, you know, aren't chain. There's a Memphis, not Memphis, is a Mojo, Mojo Cafe. Yeah. It's uh, down this way, uh, I guess going toward Bartlett. But that was, that was really good. Uh, what else was really good? There was a place called Seer Shack. Have you ever had that? Uh-uh. So it is in the Bartlett area. It closed. It was actually very similar to, um, I guess, like a Five Guys. Like, okay. There's not that many people that work there, but they make like burgers, fries, shakes, and that's about it. But it was amazing. But they closed because of the pandemic. Yeah. So I was like, ah. <laughs> but And then there was another place, actually, me and Rachel went to called um, Farm and Fries. And that's toward Germantown. That sounds kind of familiar. And they closed because of the pandemic. And I was like, man, all these places are shutting down just because of this. Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, you know, we have to be careful, though. I mean, um, I have to be careful. I've got a compromised immune system mm. from just, like I said, I had some health issues. And I was, I lost like a hundred and like 140 pounds 100 something a lot of weight uh so my body was really really weak and like you know i can't i'm just you know like even when i go to the grocery store and stuff now i'm one of those people with the mask on i laughed at i don't care (laughs) i do not care yeah that's your body yeah, it's like it's like you laugh all you want to. If, yeah. if I got offended every time somebody laughed at me, I, I'd be one miserable person. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just yeah. let it go. <laughs> I actually had a guy on um, just recently. His name's Adam McClellan, mm-hmm. and um, he he had lost a lot of weight. He said, I think he said he was uh, he was laying in bed and had a French fry in his <laughs> stomach, and he was like, "Yeah, I gotta stop this." Man. He said he just started running and drinking water and cut out so sodas, running. cut out bad food, and he was like, "Ever since then, man, man I've just been doing." I was it. a I was a big dude. My biggest I was like three twenty. I had a forty six inch waist. Jesus, I'm down to like one sixty eight now. Thirty two yeah. inch waist. That's yeah. awesome, man. Congrats. Yeah, like the first, I don't know, the first like 60 or 70 pounds was pretty healthy. And mm-hmm. then I got sick and the rest of it was not healthy at all. Yeah. So like it's it's cool now, though, because I can eat whatever I want to. It's mm-hmm. like I have to gain weight. Yeah. Which is funny because like for my entire life before, it's always been like, I can't eat that. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get, I'm going to gain five pounds from one fucking piece of cheesecake. Like yeah. I can't do this. Now it's like. I will take the extra cheese, please. <laughs> With the extra cheese, yes. Let's make that happen. Yeah. You know? So, it's cool, man. Doing some working out now, though, too. Yeah. I got this uh, this power tower thing. Okay. It's like a pull up bar and like a dip station oh, and all yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like kind of gung ho about that right now. Have you been like using a gym, or you just been just doing that at the house, man? Yeah. Just I got my own crazy little workout routine. Nice. Just kind of. It just whatever works for me, man. If I find something heavy enough, I'll just pick it up and put it down. Yeah, a whole yeah. bunch of times. Yeah, that, I mean that's what working out <laughs> that's what is. It is. Pick it up, put it down. Yeah. Um, have you been on the road? Like you've been doing tours? I was, man. Um, not because not because of the pandemic. I mean, though, yeah, yeah, but, but, uh, pre yeah. <laughs> pre pandemic. Oh, yeah, I've, I've been everywhere, man. Um, twenty eight. Let's see, twenty. What was that? Seventeen or twenty eighteen? 
I did like a two and a half month tour. It was like 40 cities. Jesus. Yeah. Oh my God. On a bus with like 20 other people. It was a nice bus. But still. But still. <laughs> it was a fucking bus, man. Yeah. The schedule was brutal, dude. We'd like, um, you'd have like a show in one city, right? And like you'd get done with the show. Maybe you'd get into the hotel, get some dinner. By the time you're done eating and winding down, it's one, two, lobby calls at like 6 30 sometimes mm. 6 a.m then you got to get on a bus drive for seven hours to the next city and i'm one of those people who cannot sleep on a bus sitting really i have to be laying down to sleep oh. i can't do it man like i can't just fall asleep sitting up so i'm always tired so you know i'm dragging ass and then it's like where what's first of all what fucking city are we in I <laughs> know where i am <laughs> you know and then you get off a bus and you go in and you do sound check and then it's more hurry up and wait. Mm-hmm. You do the show, you rinse, repeat, do that for like two months. Tell me how you feel. <sighs> Don't get me wrong. It's incredible, yeah. but it can also get really monotonous yeah. and like lonely. Like um, uh, you met my wife and coincidentally enough. Just because, I don't know if it's because I'm, I'm like destined to be a rock star or I'm just stuck to be an idiot. <laughs> so I had, I had the jury's still out on if this was a good idea or not. She's, she loved it. But so mind you, I'm, get, I'm getting ready to leave for like two and a half months. Mm-hmm. I'm packing my bags. She's at my, at my house asleep. I'm living at my mom's at this point. This was a couple years ago, right? She, she's asleep at my house and I'm packing my stuff up like... I got to be downtown at like 6.30, 7 a.m. It's like 3 o'clock in the morning. And I was supposed to propose to this girl. Mm. I had taken her to Folks Folly. I had on the nice, you know, dressed all nice. Had it all planned out. And I chickened out. I was like, oh, I'm so nervous. What if she says no? I chickened out, right? Oh, no. So, fuck, man. Check this out. I'm getting ready to leave town in like four hours. And then that's when I decided to man up. I was like, I cannot leave without letting this girl know what's up. Wow. Here's what my dorky ass did. I got up and put on a collared shirt. (laughs) 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 I did. (laughs) And I woke her up and I was like, hey, I need to talk. She was oh, like, hey, I need to man. talk to you. And she told me later that she thought I was going to break up with her or something. Because I'm, you know, I'm getting ready to go on the road. Oh, But, man. like, I ended up, like, proposing to her. I was like, I love you. I, I want to marry you. And she's like, oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> so it was like, then it's like 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm calling, like, my bandmates that I'm about to see in a little while. I'll be like, yo, I'm getting married. And they're like, shut up. Just talk to us later. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I uh, I proposed to my now wife like a couple hours before the bus left for two months straight. In retrospect, I would have liked to have spent some time with my new fiance yeah. before I left. Yeah. So who knows, man? If I end up making it real big, it'll be a great story. But for now, I just sound kind of like an idiot. Either way, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, I mean that that's the that's the con of being a being an artist is you miss a lot yeah you sacrifice a lot man i mean like even as a kid you know like what do you want to do do you want to 
go and play paintball and do this, or are you going to go to rehearsal for four hours after school? Mm. That's what I did. I mean, I literally have been getting paid to do music and acting since I was a kid. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I did stuff normal kids did. You know, like I played sports and stuff, but my schedule was just a lot more hectic because it was like go to school, get out of school at 3 o'clock, go to rehearsal from 4 till 9 o'clock at night, do homework from 9 till 11 or midnight, and get up at 6 and go to school the next day. And I was mm. in, you know, second, third grade. Yeah. You know, so... I don't know if, like, if you really want to devote yourself to, I don't want to say just music, but just if you want to be an artist in general, like, it all comes down to how devoted are you? How far are you willing to go? Yeah. Because, like, I've had some, you know, moderate success, and I'd still say that, like, 98% of the time, I just walk around like, what am I doing this for? Why? <laughs> you yeah. know? So, what do you, um, what are you doing all your recording I guess like, um, like, well, not what, but like, who are you doing all your recording with? Is it like the group you were speaking yeah, about earlier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, man, we we got a, a great like in house setup, dude. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, we're doing everything in house. Um, we're you know, if if we want to cut like a big full band project, we go to Royal, cut okay. it there. Um, but a lot of this stuff, man, just with technology the way it is, uh, we just have people drop by. And just cut stuff when they need to. Like my my latest single that came out uh, right at the end of April, uh, we had a saxophone player just drop by and just like lay down his part. And you would never know that it wasn't cut in some giant studio. <laughs> you know, you never know. Yeah, it's all about um, the people you're working with and like the equipment you're using and stuff like that. But we kind of try to keep it in house. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, we're kind of like a songwriting team. Like, you know, you got Hall and & Oates and you know, all those, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. we're Lost Boys. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, that's it's kind of what we've been doing. That's awesome. Yeah, I, um, yeah I've um, i got my own setup here that I do all my recording in-house. Mm -hmm. So, it's, it's great to be able to do that because yeah. it, it's great to be able to, you know, for me, I know it myself, how to do all the recording and mm -hmm. mixing and mastering and all that stuff. Yeah. But to, like, if you don't know how to do that, to know somebody who does it, right. <laughs> they're your MVP. <laughs> oh, my God. You are not kidding, man. Yeah. Tell me about I mean, like, don't get me wrong. If it's just me at the house and no one's around, yeah, I can bang out a track. You know, I can do whatever I need to to get my idea out. But it's so much easier if I'm with my buddies that like, that's what they do. And we're mm. like working on the same wavelength, you know, just like it yeah. gets done quicker. Um, but still, man, I think you'd agree. It feels great to just be able to like sit down and create, right? Like there's nothing like it, at least not that I can think of. Absolutely. But I uh, like, well, what kind of stuff do you do, man? Like, so I mainly just rap mm -hmm. and I'm like you with the whole, I don't want to be in a box. Like yeah. I, I'm a huge fan of, it's not so much just boom bap, but like just that old school hip hop. Like Ooh, boom Wu bap, <laughs> you bring me some KRS One vibes. Yeah, over here, bro. I, I love like I love Wu Tang. I love Method Man, okay. Red Man. I love I love Dave East, like that New York style, like real okay. hip hop. Um, I actually never really listened to Jay Z, but really? I've I've been starting to listen to him lately, and. Like I mean, I love his music. Like it's it's great music. Yeah. I just I don't know. I just never really was a huge Jay Z yeah. fan. Nas is probably one of, in my top three. 
Yeah. Like Nas is his creativity, his lyricism, um, the beats he used, like all that stuff just makes him yeah, one of my dude. favorite rappers of all time. <laughs> I love that project he did with uh was it Damian Marley? He did I know ent- what you're talking about. Yeah. He did an entire album with Yeah. Him. Oh man, I love that project. Yeah, that was really good. Like I, I remember the day that I saw that on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't even looking for that, but it popped up and I I just saw the artist names and I was yeah. like, they got a song together. Yeah. I clicked on the song and then like it was like Get the fuck out of here. It's a whole album. <laughs> Let's go. It's like, man, yeah. I know what I'm doing tonight. You exactly, know? yeah. God, man, it's awesome. Yeah. Okay, what about, uh? oh, man, what about, like, um, what about, like, Africa Bombada? Like, you like that really early stuff at all? So I've listened to it. I haven't really studied it because that, that's what I do is I study music. Like, okay. it's one thing to listen to it and then be like, oh, I like this, but I'm just like, hmm. Why did they use that sound, and why did they use that baseline and stuff like that? So that's how I get deep. In. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I haven't really, I haven't really been deep into like the African bambata. Uh, so you, so you say you really like New York rap? Yeah. Okay. How do you feel about this? Is taking it back. How do you feel about Fifty Cent before, like the Get Rich or Die Trying stuff, like when he was doing stuff with Jam Master Jay? And he had that song like "How to Rob" with the uh, the Mad Rapper on it. Have you ever heard that? No, I haven't. Oh, so, man. this is basically pre Eminem influence. Yeah, this is this is going way back. He's got this song called "How." Like, I don't it, man. I want to say that it was in a uh, one of his books or a book somebody wrote, but he was talking about how he got signed to like a sixty thousand dollar development deal with Jam Master Jay. And Jam Master Jay was talking about how when he found Fifth that like he didn't he didn't understand like song structure. Hmm. Like he was flowing his ass off, but it was just a stream of consciousness. There was no oh. there was no set pattern to it of, you know, verse, chorus, like anything radio ready really. So uh that's what Jam Master Jay was working with him on. But there's this song called How to Rob and it was like kinda got him a lot of notoriety because he literally attacked Everybody in the music industry. <laughs> no, I mean everybody. Jesus. Ev- if you can think about it, he had, he attacked and he was like, uh, "I snatched Kim and tell Puff you want to see her again to get your ass down to the nearest ATM." Like, I mean, he's going like just off on everybody. Brian McKnight. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's like, why? Why are you? Why are you throwing either of Brian McKnight? What, what did, did he what do, did he to, do you? to you? <laughs> <laughs> who hurt you but like yo it's it's funny it's it's hysterical and like it's it's, <laughs> it's really raw and it's like it's cool to see that side of him and then how it changed uh like when he got into like you know the more commercial stuff so i was actually curious if maybe you had heard that i haven't yeah all right well you got to add that one to your list to check out how to rob it's it's pretty cool so how do you feel about going more um up to date about Takashi Six Nine and his influence on New York, because I mean, you have people like A Boogie with a hoodie, Fifty Cent, and somebody else from New York have all done songs with Takashi, yeah. and he's like completely different from. <laughs> here, here's here's the thing, man. I'm not gonna sit here and like really just bash anybody but. in their music <laughs> in their musical but. style because. 
there's enough room for everybody and what everybody likes. And there's, you know, there's a place for it. You know, who am I to judge what makes someone else happy? That would make me a pretty shitty person. <laughs> Having said that, <laughs> I cannot fucking stand that shit. <laughs> I can't stand it. I can't stand this whole snitching thing. Mm -hmm. Like, first of all, first of all, what that's like rule number one yeah okay that that shit wouldn't fly in memphis is all i'm saying for one thing like he was locked up for what like a two year a year i think it might yeah. maybe a year yeah yeah something like that man like he snitched his way out of like 20 <laughs> years that, yeah that wouldn't happen here um when it comes to the music man there's a lot of people you know i've i'm i've got fans Hi, all y'all that are going to be watching this eventually. Y'all are cool. Thanks for <laughs> hanging with me. Um, no, I mean that, though. But, like, it might make some of them mad or they might not care. But, like, when it comes to new music on the radio, dude, I'm an old curmudgeon. Like, 95% mm. of it, I'm just, I wish I just had a cane to beat the radio. And be like, turn that racket off. <laughs> Fuck this shit. I remember when music had substance, you know, like I, I just, I, I can't get down with so much of it. And it's because it all sounds the same. Yeah. The same recycled sounds. Yeah. It's like, it's to the point that like, if you, if you work with like, you know, these, uh, these plugins and like stuff enough, like you can tell exactly what it is, like what sound pack it's from, like. I, you know, like my producer buddies will be talking about that. They'll be like, man, I know exactly what that is. And they'll yeah. pull it up on their computer. I'm like, damn it, you just ruined this. <laughs> like, come on. So, uh, one thing I've heard recently is the Spins 808. That's what people have been talking about. Yeah. And it's like a certain 808, I guess, that a lot of producers are mm -hmm. recycling. And I'm like, man, that's crazy. Because I, 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 I make beats and I have tons of sound packs. I right. had no idea what that was. Yeah. And you you actually remind me of Russ because Russ went on that rant about how the reason why music sucks nowadays is because the producers are all making the same beats and then the artists have no choice but to make songs that go with those beats. I don't want to say that music sucks now, but the vast majority of what I'm hearing does not excite me because it doesn't sound original. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'm sorry. There's, there's the, you ever heard of Body Count before? Mm -mm. It's like a metal group. It's Ice T. He has like a metal group. Really? Yeah, it's actually, it's, it's, it's cool. It's, yeah, yeah. It's interesting, right? <laughs> um, he's got, he's got this song called Talk Shit, Get Shot, right? Mm -hmm. And the beginning of it, this dude is like complaining in this corner story. He's like, nobody listen to heavy metal. All we listen to in these streets is Drake, Drake. <laughs> and it made me laugh so hard but like every time i'm in the car every single time i'm in the car it's like okay what's on 107.1 drake sweet what's on k97 it's another drake song let's flip back to 107.1 <laughs> oh it's another song oh that's also a drake song <laughs> is that the same song these are different songs what mm. okay you know like i i get it uh, you know, that's what popular music is. It's popular. It's what makes people happy. It's what people want to dance to. Pop music. But I, I just feel like so much of it is lacking substance. Mm -hmm. 
And I mean, I'm, I, I hate to sound like that old guy because that's exactly what I sound like. I sound just like my biggest nightmare of like, you know, <laughs> hearing like, you know, my parents and people their age, you know, talking about like, you know, listening to rock back in the 60s and 70s, like Bill Burr's, you know, Bill Burr, yeah, yeah. he's got a great bit on that. He's like, back in my day, we sung about the, <laughs> we sung about Satan and dressed like women. <laughs> <laughs> Every album had one ballad. <laughs> you know, it's like that that's kind of how I feel sometimes. <laughs> but like at the same time, as a musician, man, you can't stay in one spot. You have yeah. to evolve. So I try I try to find myself to find I, I like to find something to appreciate about mm. any piece of music put in front of me. Yeah. I'm not gonna sit here and say that I can do it every time. When it comes to like the Takashi stuff, sure, it's catchy. But just the whole principle of what it's built on, I'm I'm not with that. Yeah, I'm not with I'm not with that at all. Like it's not just the snitching thing. It's like man, if that's if if you're gonna be if you're gonna be putting yourself in a position with the people you're surrounding yourself with that you're you need to be snitching to get out of some trouble. You in the wrong fucking room to begin with. Mm. So you hot right now? Do you have longevity? Yeah. Like where where that that's what so many young artists don't understand is like your time is finite. You're it's not you know like everybody gets it and they think it's gonna last forever, and it's gone just as soon as you got it half the time. Think of think of somebody like um. Think about like designer. Mm. Okay. Think what was that summer that that uh that panda song came out? I think that was like 2016 or 2017. Okay, right, but that entire summer it was dominated. Yeah, that's all you heard. When was the last time you heard something from him dominating the airwaves like that? Never again. Was it even a year later? No. No. <laughs> was it six months later? No. No, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying is you know th- there's nothing wrong with. With your everybody getting their fifteen minutes of fame or the you know striking it big with that one hit, but like if you're in it for the long haul, you have to find a way to to connect with people outside of something that makes them want to shake their ass or drive a fast car. Yeah, that goes for every genre. Yeah, except maybe country because they <laughs> they, they love talking about trucks and whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I don't know. There's that's my little two cents sounding like an old person <laughs> no i'm i'm pretty much the same way like that's that's one thing i was thinking about um earlier today i was thinking about music period and i was just thinking about like people need to make sure that when they are making music that they are actually making something that is going to last a long time mm-hmm. like i um gosh what song was i listening to oh some cut you remember that song? It's like, what it is, yo? What's, What's up? up? So I was listening <laughs> to that. <laughs> the bad Yeah. So I was listening to that, and I was Give like. Me your number. <laughs> it was on my Spotify, and I was like, that song is still playing on my Spotify. How old is that song? And that tells you the long, like, not just the longevity, but, you know, we talk about substance, like. Mm, it, 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 that's the word I like. Yeah, it's it it held weight. 
and it's something that wasn't just going to be there for mm-hmm. that moment. Timeless. Yes. Timeless yeah. is the kind of music I strive to make. And now's when I get to say what I always try to share with the world. Okay. Donny Hathaway, you've probably heard me say that name at least five or six times since I've been here. <laughs> All right. Um, that's kind of like my musical idol. Um, he said something very profound in an interview that stuck with me since I was a kid. He said that he likes to think of music in totality, from the lowest blues to the highest symphony. Mm. That can reign true in any genre. Like, even go to, like, grimy trap rap. You can still have instrumentation from, like, a Middle Eastern instrument or, you know, some kind of, you know, odd time signature to spice things up. I mean, Mm. like, look at, like what Coop did from three, six mafia with like voodoo village and stuff like that. Like Mm -hmm. stuff that's, that's in this, that's like, you know, it's in its own lane, but it's groundbreaking. Mm -hmm. It's, it's evolved to be unique. Um, I was actually just looking up something, um, you know, a tribe called quest. Yeah. Love their music. Right. Okay. So, you know, they came back after years and years. What was that uh, single that we are the people? Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. They were hot at, at the beginning. Right, like when they came out, mm-hmm. they made their mark. They didn't really disappear too much, but yeah. like they came back and hit hard when they came back because they learned how to adapt. Yeah. Do you see the same thing happening with Takashi? No. No. <laughs> no. He's gonna. I. I. I don't wish ill upon anyone. Mm-hmm. I just call it like I see it. Five years from now, who's gonna remember that? No. It's going to be like, yeah. oh, yeah, that, that's Takashi, you know. Yeah. That, that's how I feel about it, man. So the epitome to me of staying true to who you are and adapting to the times was, did you listen to DJ Khaled's album? Um, oh, I can't remember what it was called. It might have been We the Best, but it was like when he was like, it had all the flowers and the lion around him yeah, and he's yeah, sitting yeah. on a throne. I didn't listen to the whole thing because when I listen, when, like when I say I listen to an album, like I hardcore like put headphones on, cancel yeah. everything I'm doing, and I go on like a viewing or not viewing, a listening experience. So, so I heard cuts off of it, but I have not heard like the album in its entirety. Okay, there was one song on there that I. That's probably the only song I actually listened to. <laughs> okay, I mean like constantly, but uh, Nas album done. Okay. Have you listened to that one? Mm-mm. Listen to that one. All right. Nas sounds like Nas in that album. Okay. I like the, the sound of that. The beat sounds like something that was made, you know, at that time, which I okay. mean, I think that album came out like two or three years ago, maybe two years ago. All right. But it sounds like a 2017, 2018, like, you know, trap, not really trap beat, just, you know, a nice beat. But it sounds like the same Nas just on a new beat. And I was like, that is beautiful. Like the man stayed true to who he is, okay, but adapted to a new sound. Let me ask you this: Did Eminem do the same thing? <sighs> no. Ooh, interesting. And yes, at the same time. <laughs> okay. All right, let's, I want to hear right. this. So right. in, I think he tried that. So the album that everybody trashed him for, Which Revival. I actually really liked Revival. I didn't have a problem. With a lot of record. people trashed him for Revival. He even mentions that uh-huh. in uh, Kamikaze and yeah. th- I think the album before Kamikaze or the, like the mixtape or whatever yeah, yeah, he yeah. did. Um, he mentions about how everybody trashed Revival, but it was like, did y'all even listen to it? Like, <laughs> like yeah. he throws that into his bars. But uh, I think he tried that in Revival and people weren't feeling it. And then I think he kind of continued to do it 
But for some reason, people started feeling it. And it was, um, was the warning, not warning shot. Um, that I think kill shot was what, yeah. was that Machine Gun Kelly 2 Eminem kill I th- shot? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was one of those. Uh, so whichever one, the disc, that, the name of the By the disc. way, and anyone who says MGK won that beef, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> no. No. I, I, I think Eminem got him. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. it just, it's, I don't, who, who can honestly go at, like, who, like, if it's a straight up battle rap, who can honestly touch him? Who? Nobody I can think of right now. Andre 3000? He could, like, acrobatically, he could probably go line for line with him. So I think there's multiple different kinds of rappers. I think oh, some yeah. people just sound really good. Some people make they be you talking without saying anything. Though. Yeah, <laughs> like him, like Eminem, like he, he he's got these extended metaphors within yeah. metaphors. Like yeah. when he, even if he's talking about nonsense, there's a message in there somewhere. You yeah, know? and then there's the type of rappers who are you know true lyricists. Like you just feel it. You know they're they're talking about met like a Nas. Like Nas actually can do two things. He can have like lyrics that are just like ooh I like what he was saying right there. And then there's lyrics like you know it just blew your mind because yeah. it's, it was just like so many metaphors and similes that he used. What would the closest thing to a Nas in this generation be? And let's say the last 10 years. Oh. Oh the man. The closest thing somebody that can do that. I can't even think of one. Kendrick maybe lyrical and can still you know have you bumping at the same time close but, but not but quite but that's what i'm saying it's not quite there yeah it's just kind of you know nas is kind of like eminem like you just can't replicate it yeah um which which that should be the thing it should be you know it's <laughs> like you don't you, you like I, I at least i think as an artist you know like you don't want to be that artist that oh yeah he sounds like blah 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 yeah. no it's like he sounds like himself. She yeah. sounds like herself. You there's know, 30 rich homie Quans. There's a, oh my God. <laughs> there, there's 10 freaking, you know, Ty Dolla Signs and, 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 and mean, all like these people. These, these new, this <clears throat> absolute new wave rappers coming out, out of here and just everywhere. It's Everybody named Lil. That's been that's been a thing that don't, yeah. that don't bother me at all. But all the, all the newer ones though, they but, I think they all like, sound very like, similar. Be, be original though, dude. If I see the same damn rented Lamborghini <laughs> and a Draco, yeah, with your wife beater and a fake ass chain on, <laughs> if I see one more video like that, I'm I'm just gonna lose it. <laughs> it's like it, it looks the same, man. Yeah. And like like we were talking about substance, there there's just the lack of substance in it, man. But like you can, and there's a time and place for that. Like when I don't want to always just listen to deep music. Sometimes I want to mm. party my ass off yeah. and be mindless. Yeah. You know, like I said, there's a time and place for everything. But like, I think the concept is though, your every single one of your songs, if it's like that, you can't claim that you're here. If all your music is, you know, flatline, right? If all your music is very flat, like you can't be like, "Oh, I'm the greatest rapper," you know. Like, you have to have something for everybody. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> Fifty Cent is an artist. I mean, I don't know why I'm randomly using him today, but 
you know, like what was that song? Uh, Twenty one questions. Twenty one questions. They didn't want to put that song out. Dre didn't want to put that out. <laughs> they were, I'm they, glad they, they did. They were talking about it was like, man, you got this hard ass gangster rap album, and you want to put a love song on it. Mm. It was like, look what happened. Look yeah. at look at like look at the contrast there. Look at the range it showed. Yeah. You know, thugs need love too. Yeah, man, of course, man. <laughs> here comes Life Jennings. <laughs> no, but like, uh, no, nah, man. You know, like I said, like I was saying before, though, that that's the hard part is finding a way to rein in all those different styles and put them onto one project without it just sounding like I don't know, like a grab bag. Like you just yeah. dumped a bunch of songs in the hat and like, fuck it, here's track one. Yeah. You know. Like, I actually ran into that. So on the album I'm doing uh, July 3rd, I I ran into that issue because I made this song that I really liked. And my plan was to just drop it as a single because I was like, this doesn't fit the album. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I really like this song. And I think it'll be fun to have it on there because it will show people my diversity that I don't do. It's actually more like a party song and like a fun song. And but I've got probably four or five tracks on there that are more like, you know, just real hip hop, yeah, just like yeah, true yeah. hip hop. And I was like, ah, screw it, whatever. But, that, but that's <laughs> the great thing about hip hop, though, is because all that plays into the culture, though. Yeah. You, you, you're with hip hop, you, you're allowed to have those party songs with like some, some real deep shit on there, too. Mm hmm. Like, you know, if I, if I think about, like, classic rock albums, what else can you do that on? You know, maybe at certain time points, you know, like maybe in the, in the 60s, you know, yeah. late 60s, civil rights movement and, like, hippies and free love and all that. You know, like, you can have songs that are about, you know, just doing drugs in the field and having a good time. And then, you know, the B side of that could be some awesome protest song. Mm. You know, like, you can... You can have stuff like that in certain settings, but I feel like hip hop is a great place for that. Jazz is too. Mm -hmm. Jazz and hip hop, I feel like, are really the two genres where there there just really isn't a box. It's just it's 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 truly its own thing, and that mm. takes many forms. You know. Yeah. I don't know if that sounds a little too hippie space. No, no. There, but <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I think that when somebody is trying to elevate into, you know, a greater status of being one of the best artists at what they do, I think they do have to get out of that box or else yeah. how can you truly say you're one of the greats if you're, if you're constantly just doing the same thing? Right. Um, I mean, shit, dude, I almost hate to bring up this example now. We'll just we'll just talk about R. Kelly's music. We'll talk about the music, <laughs> all right? We'll just forget about just Let's, bear with me on the other the stuff. musician. Um, when I was in college, uh, I mean, I, I've always been a really humble guy, and like, I've always you know tried to be very appreciative of everything. I mean, the tiniest things in life, the way the way a room smells, the way the wind is blowing, taking in energy and stuff like that, you mm -hmm. know. Um, well, I went to, to Berkeley on my full scholarship. I don't want to say I thought I was hot shit, but I was like, I'm here for a reason. I'm yeah. like, you know what? I believe in myself. I, I really have a chance at this. I'm going to come kick some fucking ass. Yeah. 
show up to my vocal lesson and they throw an aria in front of me. <laughs> and she's like, okay, let's pronounce this Italian. I'm like, say to mommy soul spiglinori, what? <laughs> you know? And she's like, honey, what are you doing? Like, Did you get beat with the Southern stick? I was like, I mean, I'm, I'm from Memphis. Like I'm from Tennessee. And it was a complete culture shock, man. Yeah. I mean, I knew to expect it. Mm. And I'd been exposed to it in, you know, like theater settings and stuff. Like, I, it's not like I'd never heard it before. I'd never tried to sing it, though. Mm. And I'm an R&B and soul singer, man. I sing Al Green and Otis Redding and Usher and stuff like that. You know, yeah. I have fun with my voice. I'm mm. like, so I'm walking home after this lesson. Like, man, I learned this. And I'm like kicking rocks. Stupid fucking Italian song. I don't even <laughs> know what the fuck this is about. I'm not going to use this. And I go home. And R. Kelly had just put out, uh, what was that album? I think it was called Love Letter or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was excited for it. The album just kind of was eh, unfortunately. <laughs> there was a couple good cuts on it. But I sat down, I was all excited, and I'll be damned if the first fucking thing I heard was this like little Italian exercise covering like thirds and different intervals, just with different lyrics. Then it was stuff that I had just been doing in like this, oh, you know, man. Italian aria setting. <laughs> and he's talking about his dear ladies, dear ladies, it's your boy January, and I would like to welcome all of you. <laughs> you know, he's like doing all this stuff, and I'm sitting there going, Yo. motherfucker. <laughs> like, I'm just been sitting here, like, man, I'm never going to use this shit. Oh, as soon as man. I said that, there it is. You know, so like. <laughs> just like I don't know I just always I learned to like eventually shut the fuck up and just listen even mm. if I feel like it's not gonna do me any good man you know you could always learn something yeah. you know but uh if you also if you can't tell I, I have a very spastic mind it goes like <laughs> 50 different directions at once that's so perfect I do for apologize a <laughs> no that's perfect for a podcast I, I'll, I'll ask people to come on and they're like well what do, what do we talk about I'm just like anything and they're like, okay. And then I'm like, no, for real. Like, <laughs> we could talk about anything. And then like, well, I, I kind of get off track. I'm like, that's that's perfect. That's great. That gives <laughs> us another topic to go into. Exactly. Yeah. But um, yeah. So with the music that you do that you do have out, um, mm -hmm. is that was that strategized as far as like, all right, I'm putting this out here, and then I'm going to put this out six months later. At some point, it does get to that point. Not okay. during the creative process. Okay. Though. Um, when, when we're writing and stuff, you know, we have a, I, I have an end goal in mind and in my head, I'll always be like, Hmm, hmm sure would love to have this done by the end of the year. And then as soon as I put a time constraint on it, it, it ceases to feel natural. Mm. I don't like writing songs that don't come from something. Mm -hmm. I can do it just fine. I can shit songs like that out in my sleep, if I'm being honest with you. Like, just stuff that is fun, that I don't have to think about. I know how, I mean, who doesn't know how to have a good time and talk about it? Yeah. All you're doing is just tell a story about a party you've had, yeah. or just a funny conversation, or make up a story and write that down. Anyone can do that, you know? Um... But the other stuff, 
I wait on those and it's, it can be months sometimes mm. and it doesn't bother me, but it bothers. They've gotten a lot better about like understanding the way my brain works, but like it'll, it'll bug my buddies that work with me on this. They'll be like, man, when are you going to bring something? I'm like, just, it's not ready yet. I'll let you know when it's ready. And then they'll be like, just about ready to crack. And then I'll walk in and I'll be like, ta-da. And they're like, where the fuck has that been? And I'm like, I told you I'd, Bring it to you when it was ready, you know? Yeah. So when it comes to strategizing, it's like get 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 the story out, get the music done um, to where you're happy with how it sounds and then strategize. Mm. And, you know, you kind of make little, little things along the way. Like, uh, you know, we put out um, my last single because of stuff going on in the world with the pandemic. Um, this was before the George Floyd stuff. Um, but you know, when morale was already incredibly low as it is, um, that particular song, uh, called ready, willing and able is about being comfortable in your own skin and, um, not being afraid when change is introduced and, you know, making that change start with yourself. Um, so in terms of strategy, <clears throat> we didn't plan to put that song out. It just so happened that I did a live stream show and my buddy's little brother, who's a big fan of mine, was like, man, you know that demo? Because it was just a demo at the time. He's like, y'all need to put that out. <laughs> and it was like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. And then we started thinking about it. It was like, mm, might be onto something here. Mm. And it just happened, you know. Um, as we get closer to, you know, I don't have a release date for the album. We're not done cutting it. But as we get closer we absolutely will sit down and be like, okay, we're going to release this single with a video uh, at this date and then promo that for XYZ amount of time. And then we'll do another single from it with another video before we drop the full project. Okay. You know, um, because one thing is uh, uh, record sales have been interesting enough uh, as it is lately because of streaming sites and everything, you know, artists aren't making money off streams. Mm -hmm. You're making money off of gigs and merchandise, yeah. you know? Um, and right now with the, the pandemic and the businesses being closed, and there's not really any live music. It's, it's been hell. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you're going to put out content, it needs to be really, really good. It needs to be accessible. It needs to be something that people are going to want to listen to more than once. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people are doing the live stream thing right now. We, we've done a couple of those things too. But we're taking a step back and just creating music right now. Because mm. it's like we normally, everybody's got so many gigs and is running in so many different directions. And right now everybody's just sitting at the house, you know? So it's like me and two of my buddies will come up with a demo and be like, yo, Alex, we need some drums. We'll send it to him. He set up the track at his house. He cuts drums, sends it back over. Next thing you know, we've got a full song. Sounds like we cut it in the studio, you know? That's nice. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I hope that answers your question. Some, uh, yeah, <laughs> I guess. So when you're writing, are you, I always tell people, I feel as if, so when I'm listening to a beat, I feel as if the beat and the song is like already made. 
and I'm just trying to like find the words. It's like the word I tell people is like the words are floating in the room, and you just have to reach out. Yeah, and I, grab just got, them. I just got to yeah, pick them. Of I just got to I got to figure out what. Yeah. It, so are you are you you sound like you might be like me? Does like the does the track like evoke a certain emotion out of yeah. you? Yeah. And then you already know what words to kind of pull from, what direction to go from. Yeah, exactly. Understood. Yeah. That I'm straight up with you on that, man. So is do you feel like? Do you also have to be in a certain mood, like a certain, like a, a certain mind state? Not really. To mood. write? Yes. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, that can take a lot of different forms. Um, like I said, I, I, I don't like planning. I'm going to sit down and write a song tonight. I don't want to do that. Yeah. When I do have those ideas, I go in like, I'd like to write a song tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna do some things that might put me in the frame of mind to want to do that. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes, you know, people are always like, "Oh, if you're a songwriter or you're an artist or a poet and you're upset, just go write." Sometimes that's the last fucking thing I want to do. I need to process emotions too. I don't just explain y'all's emotions. I have some too. You know. Yeah. Um. So. It's just, it's kind of like a mix and match thing, I guess. Um, if I'm sad, sure, sometimes I want to write. Sometimes I want to be left alone. But the best inspiration for me comes from accidents and when I'm not expecting it. Now, uh, Sano has a great way of getting it out of me. Mm-hmm. He's really good at it because he's a sneaky motherfucker. He knows me so well. He'll be like, yeah, man, just hang out. We'll play some PlayStation, you know, like just go crazy on GTA. <laughs> like, you know, cook out something on the grill, you know, you know, kick back and, you know, do that kind of thing. And next thing I know, I'm in this great frame of mind. And when I'm not thinking about any negativity or any of life's BS, next thing I know, he just reaches over and grabs a guitar. Next thing I know, we're writing a song. <laughs> You know, and then I, it's almost like I wake up halfway through it, like you son of a bitch, you did it again. It's That's like, how funny. Do you do that? It's like a superpower. You know? But it's good to have people around like that. Yeah. What about you, man? I mean, like, is, is writing like a really spontaneous thing for you, or? So sometimes I do like if I'm working on if I want to really like finish a song, I'm like I got to go home and write. Right. And yeah, then, yeah. but if I'm not like if I don't have an agenda. Like, if I'm just, like, ready to make a song whenever I feel like it, I just wait. Yeah. And I actually, so, one of my homeboys, Flight Pilot D, um, me and him have a good bit of songs together, and I I produce all his music. So, he basically, like, records at home. He lives in Dallas, Texas. Mm-hmm. But he records there, and then will, like, send me his vocals, and so then I'll mix and master his songs. But he was like, man, I, I got to work on this song, I got to work on this song, and then I'm like, dude, don't don't force it. Yeah, like, you, like people, people aren't in the studio with you. Right. It's just you, so nobody's gonna see you working. They're just gonna see your end product. And right. if your end product sucks, doesn't matter how much work you put into it if it's garbage. So just <laughs> wait, just yeah. wait it out, and then make sure it's good in the end. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I'm I subscribe to that philosophy of no fillers. Yeah. Why are you gonna put like if you're gonna put out a project? Is it really a project if you're like, cool, I got four songs that are great and these are just all right? Yeah. 
the fuck is the point of that? Exactly. Just drop four singles and be done. <laughs> yeah, really. Just drop the four songs that people are going to like and don't waste our fucking time. Yeah. Now, I mean, that's that might sound kind of harsh because that's a, that's up to, you know, the listener. I mean, you know, like I said, there's plenty of stuff that I hate or, you know, can't stand listening to that's other people's favorite stuff. Yeah, yeah, true. You know, and like I said, man, it'd be hypocritical and rude of me, frankly, to just bash someone else's music and say it sucks or yeah. I hate it. Even if I do think it sucks and I hate it, you know, because it's like, man, that's not cool. That's yeah. so, somebody likes that, you yeah. know. There's always somebody. Like I had this teacher when I was at Ridgeway. Uh, this guy, uh, he was an algebra two teacher. He was, um, he was from, um, I think he was from Yugoslavia, is what he said. And uh, he found out I was into music, and I asked him what kind of music he was into. He was like, I like the mamas and the papas. And the I was mamas. like, okay, all right, the mamas and the papas. So, all right, we're in the 60s. That's cool. I was like, you know, like, uh, you know, Buffalo Springfield. Or, like, I just started, you know, Joplin. Or, you know, just started naming off all these, you know, 60s acts. And he was like, no, 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 he's, I do not like uh, this. Is It's too much. I was like, what about jazz? And he's like, jazz is complete nonsense. I hate <laughs> jazz. It's terrible, stupid music. And oh I was my like, God. I wanted to be like, the fuck? Fuck you, man! Like, no, you just don't get it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but then, you know, like, like I said, that that that's his prerogative. That's that's yeah. how he views it. You know. Um, I guess what I need to strive for instead of being such an old curmudgeon is like just try to be more understanding of music on the radio. Yeah, yeah. Because if I do listen to the radio, I'm listening to like 103.5 or the Jazz Channel. Or, but really, honestly, I listen to sports radio when I'm in the car. Mm. If I'm listening to the radio, I'm listening to ESPN. Yeah. I'm listening to all the local guys like Jeff Calkins and Jason and John and all that. When I'm listening to music, it's straight my world, like mm-hmm. Spotify on my phone. Yeah. You know? Have like, you ever heard of um, Rich Barker? Rich Barker. Or mm. Rick, Rick Barker. But he, he mm. was uh, Taylor Swift's manager when she like first came out. So when she was like first getting big, he was her manager and uh, he now does, he has a podcast called the music industry something. I forgot what it is, but basically what he does is like, he helps out a lot of people, Mm -hmm. I guess like musicians that are like trying to get their name out there up and coming. He helps them out, gives them tons of information. You can actually, at one point he added to where you can, you can pay him. uh, It was like, two grand for and he will be your manager for a whole year and i was like that's amazing <laughs> yeah but but that but that's the thing what do you have to manage yeah that that's, that, 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 that that you know that, that that's that's what i hear so many you know younger artists saying is i just need to get me a manager and this yeah. i'm like sweet what is it <laughs> like so many of these young and i mean look i know what it was like because at one point in time i was a young dumb artist that had no clue what I was doing. And there's still parts of my career that I have a lot to learn about. I have no illusions about that. But the difference is I did my homework and learned what I needed to. When I hear these people like throwing these terms around like, yeah, he's my manager. This is my, you know, this is my merchandise manager. I'm Mm. like, what do they do? What does a manager do? (laughs) This is my producer. Cool. What does a producer do? Yeah. You would be amazed at how many people cannot answer like music so-called musicians that Mm. cannot tell you 
what a producer's job is. Yeah. What does a manager do? Mm-hmm. You know, they, they don't get it. It's just stuff that they hear on TV and they're like, I've got to get me one of those. And yeah. then I'm big time. Yeah. Doesn't work like that, man. You know, you know, we always call it like, you know, Uncle Bobo's your manager. That's great. What What's his credentials? What has he studied? What does he know? Or do you really want that guy signing a contract on your behalf? Yeah. You know, it, you know, we were talking about mom and pop shops, like, uh, like food and mm-hmm. how great they are. It's not always the case in the music industry, man. Yeah. That's one way to get screwed so easy is like get involved with people that don't know what they're doing, you know. Uh, that can get you hurt really bad. People who are pretending they know what exactly. they're doing. Exactly. And, like, you know, especially, God forbid, that, you know, let's say as an artist, you come into contact with someone that that is big time yeah, and knows what they're doing, and then, you know, you bring your representation, and they have no clue what they're doing. The guy on the other end is going to be like, ooh, I see dollar signs. Yeah. I'm gonna tie you up in a contract and never put your music out, buddy. Yeah. I'm gonna fill your head full of promises and no one's gonna hear anything. Yeah. You know? So yeah, it's it's crazy stuff. That's that's the crazy part about the music industry is how much money has been taken from artists. Yeah. Um, you know the the streaming thing is a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. It's great because if if it's out there, you can pretty much listen to it. Yeah, it's a curse because uh, if you poured your blood, sweat, and tears into it, and paid thousands of dollars for musicians and studio time and stuff, and somebody can just click on it and you get paid fractions of a penny. Yeah, you're like fuck. Let yeah. me just get my foot in my mouth now. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, like that—that's the thing, man. I tell a lot of people that is like, if you're in this, if you're in this business, don't, don't you dare come in it for the money. You're gonna go home sad. Yeah. You're gonna have a bad time. Like, um, you gotta love the game, not the paycheck. Yeah. But the thing is, when there is a, when you know, when the paychecks do start coming, oftentimes they're incredible. You know, um, I've been fortunate enough to have some of those moments where it's. Like I've I've had some low moments where I'm like, oh man, I'm done. I'm j- I'm about to hang the microphone up. I can't do it. And then you know, just about that time, something will you know come through like a good opportunity. And it's like, yeah, I can keep doing this a little while longer. But there's so much work that goes into that. And like, if you're not devoted to the craft, it's it's gonna drive you crazy. Yeah. You know. I think the the best thing about music is that it does adapt. It does change. Oh, yeah. And that if you're in if you're in a dark place, just wait it out. And yeah. I, I've I've seen a lot of musicians that have been in some dark places, and then they've gotten themselves out of it. And then some of the greatest music they a lot of people make the joke about um, who was it? Oh, the weekend when him and uh, Selena broke up. They're <laughs> like, oh, we're about to get the greatest yeah, yeah, weekend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was because they knew that. The weekend was about to go through a dark time, and we were going to get great music out of it. Yeah, that's so that's it's it's, it's, it's kind of like with Adele. Like yeah, Adele yeah. like went through a breakup or something, and oh, everybody yeah. was like, "Oh man, <laughs> oh dude, we've got our crying love songs for the next ten yep. years. Like yep. we're good." 
Oh, speaking of Adele, she has some of the best music. Oh man, I, like, we're talking I'm about a longevity. Huge fan. Yeah, I mean, I've been an Adele fan since like Chasing Pavements, mm. like going back to that first big single she had. Um, and doesn't she name them like her age, like mm-hmm. nineteen, twenty-one? Yeah, yeah. Like, the names of the albums. Um, and it's uh, knowing that it's really interesting to see how she's grown as a songwriter, mm-hmm. not just as a songwriter, but as a vocalist as well. But for me particularly, I, I, I love her songwriting. It's, it's honest. Um, but the way that, that her voice plays into her abilities as a wordsmith is very unique. You know, it's, it's a lot like with, um, with film. You know, you've got good lines and then you have good reads. Mm. She can do both of those things. Okay. You know, like her lyrics are already good, but then her delivery is just as, as spot on. Yeah. You know, um, a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of that missing in music, or at least in artists that want to claim that, you know, whole singer songwriter, yeah. uh, you know, thing. If you will. By the way, <laughs> if you were ever wondering in the music industry, most of your favorite artists, I would say maybe a quarter to half of their music, they probably didn't write it. Oh, try way more than you say more, more than like that? more like ninety percent <laughs> of it they didn't write, dude. So there are people who are their job is literally to write music. Mm-hmm. They get paid a lot of money to send that music. To your favorite artist, and your artist is yep, just a staff, great staff writers, man, and stuff like that. Miley Cyrus has a new album. She's looking for tracks like this. Click. You go with your songwriting team. You crank out six, eight demos. You send them over. Your lucky one gets picked. You get mailbox money. That's how it works. Miley gets all the credit. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, Miley wrote this great song. Right, right, right. If you if you look at like. You can go, there are multiple websites, I can't think of any on the top of my head, but there are multiple websites that you can go to right now, and you can see the songwriters. Oh, all music. Just list, go to allmusic.com. That list looks like a book of yeah. people. There's actually a really, uh, I'm, I'm, I wish I would have screenshotted it when I found it, but um, there is a really great post somebody put up on Facebook about how music has changed. And this is not to shit on Beyonce. So just before y'all shit on me, I am not <laughs> shitting on Beyonce, okay? If that's what you think, fuck off kindly. <laughs> so I had to get that out. But it was uh, lyrics of two mm-hmm. songs, side by side. One of them was a Beyonce song, and 90% of the words were ooh, yeah, and baby, and one more time, and stuff like mm. that, like ad-libs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were like 20 or 30 songwriters on it. It was ridiculous. Oh my god! It was like, it was like, it took that many people to write that. You should have given a crayon to a kindergartner, and he could have <laughs> one person could have written the same thing. Yeah. And then it showed the lyrics to Bohemian Rhapsody mm-hmm. by Queen. It said songwriter Freddie Mercury. That was it. That's it. <laughs> That's that's, that's what I, that's what I'm talking about. Is the artistry is I don't want to say it's gone, but it's so hard to come by. Yeah. And, you know, there are acts, like you said, that don't write their own music at all. Yeah. But they're incredibly good at selling it like they did write Correct. it. Correct. As you were, as you were saying, they they can they have great delivery. Right. Exactly. They, that's why, like, there's a lot of great writers out there that aren't famous musicians or artists because they don't have the delivery. They right. might not have, 
you know, somebody can write great music, but they don't sound like Ashton Riker. So that's why they can't put out their music is because they don't sound like you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, uh, like think yeah, a perfect example. Um, Elton John mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and Bernie Toppin, uh, Bernie wrote all those lyrics. He just wasn't really the, the singer that could pull them off. You know, mm. he gave all those lyrics to Elton John and they collaborated. And that's what made those songs so fantastic was like recognizing, hey, I've got a great voice, but I'm not too great at writing lyrics. Mm. Well, I'm great at writing lyrics and I don't have a great voice. So let's make this thing work. Exactly. You know, I mean, look at the music that came out of it. Yeah. And that's, in my opinion, that's that's the the best kind of music there is, is just true collaborative effort, just organic. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's nothing like it in the world. Mm -hmm. It should be just as easy as this. Yeah. Just sitting down and having a conversation. Although music is a different language, you know, it's just, I don't know. I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit of a hippie with some of my views like, yeah, man. But I mean, that's how I live my life, dude. Like, uh, I just, I'm all about the good vibes and, keeping energy going in the right direction, working towards a goal, you know, whether it be artistic or anything like that, really. Yeah. Two things that have really blown my mind about the music industry, as far as we're talking about like songwriting. Uh, when I found out that Neo wrote irreplaceable for Beyonce Mm -hmm. and, um, so it wasn't really beef, but, Drake and The Weeknd were kind of like going their separate ways from mm-hmm. that OVO EXO. And uh, The Weeknd was like, yeah, I gave Drake like half his album mm-hmm. because I just, you know, didn't really feel like dealing with him really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh my God. That's that's just mind blowing. Somebody fired. like <laughs> that's somebody like Drake is getting their music from the weekend. Who was somebody he was supposed to be putting the weekend on? Like Drake was supposed to be, you know, lifting the weekend up, and then the weekend's like, yeah, I gave him like half his album. Man, I've I've seen some crazy stuff like that. Like even on smaller levels. Mm-hmm. Like I've I've had a couple songs that like people have thought were like pretty hot. And they've like heard it before it was released and been like, yo, do you want to put that on my project? And I'm like, wow. Oh, oh, so it's, so it's not good enough for me to put out on my own. It's you, you want me to help you look good and put it on your project. Wow. You know, it's like, it's flattering, but at the same time, it's like, come on now. Yeah. I know exactly what's going on here. Yeah. But I don't know. That's why we try to write all our songs in house, man. Just like yeah. keep it happy and in house, dude. Yeah. But you know, there's there's something to be said for um. How do you okay? How do you feel artistically? Because you're an artist. How do you feel about a song that goes well, but the collaboration energy is trash? Is it worth it? Is it authentic? So as a listener, sure. As a creator, no. Okay, cool. So as a creator, I I personally believe like if if you two aren't feeling it, like if you if it's not a perfect sandwich, you know, peanut butter jelly, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, then don't don't do it. Don't yeah. force it. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think nowadays everything's about the money, and people are like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I heard, okay, one collaboration that I don't think anybody saw coming that actually did pretty well. Actually, I haven't heard this song in super long. I think it came out in like 2015, though. But it was um, Kendrick Lamar and uh, Taylor Swift. 
That song was hot oh, for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even remember what it was, but I remember it was it was it was actually a good song. And um, but nobody saw it. Taylor Swift and Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. <laughs> and like that was random, but it did well. Um, like it sounded good. Yeah. It sounded like it. They meshed together. And then I've heard other two people on the same song, and I'm like, what were they doing? Like they just took two people that were popping at the time, yeah. and I, forced them to make cash a song cows, together. Man, that's yeah. what it is, dude. I'm I. I've never been a fan of that. I mean, honestly, you know, look, I'd be lying if I sat here and said I I didn't want to be an A-lister and have all that crazy success and, yeah. and fame and access to the world. Uh, but also, I've had that kind of access. I've had tastes of it. I, I've mm. seen what it's like. Uh, and it can be really stressful. Mm. And I've never done it full-time like those people, you know. Yeah. Um, but I've always felt like, I mean, I guess it comes down to the age old thing of like, are you willing to sell out as an artist or not? I'm not, mm. man. Like, I'd love to have that life. But if it means that I've got to go work with people that I'm fucking miserable around to yeah. put out music that other people are like, this is cool. This is popular. This is what you're supposed to do. Pfft, no, dude, no. I'll stick to it by myself and be happy doing it. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say I'm the best artist in the world because I'm far from it. But I do have fans, and the fans that I do have like what I make. Yeah. You know, so I if I blow up huge one day, that'd be great. But I still plan on always keeping true to that. You know, the base of people that like what I do, that let me be myself, because that's really what it boils down to. Yeah. If you want to be an artist, you're asking permission. Well. You're not asking permission, but in a way, you're asking permission to just be yourself at all times and have yeah. people be okay with that. Yeah. And that can be a really scary thing, you know, yeah. especially if you devote your life to it and you take it really seriously. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I try to live by that. Yeah. There's other people that don't, and that's fine. And a lot of them are very successful and make much more money than I do <laughs> and more power to them, you know? Is there anybody in the Memphis area you've tried uh, collabing with that was, I guess, out of the norm? <clears throat> what do you mean by out of the norm? So I guess something that you usually haven't done. I mean, I, you've worked with Al Capone. Oh, you've dude, worked with I mean, Lil I've, White. I've, 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 I've done like all kinds. Let's see. I did a... I did a voiceover for Royce to Five Nine. Okay. Uh, that's not really local, but it was a local connection. I've done stuff with Al Capone, Fraser Boy, Lil White. Um, I've been on shows with like Skinny Pimp, Muck Sticky. I mean, like you know, like this is kind of like what you're talking about. Like you put these two people in a room, it's like these, these don't really go together. Yeah, yeah. But you can't tell us that, and you can't tell Memphians that because. Mm. It, for the most part here, our culture is so accepting of, of the music. I, I haven't really run across anybody that was out of the norm or even hard to attain, really, or mm. had like a crappy attitude. I've, I've met a couple people with crappy attitudes. Crappy attitude. um, people that are a little too full of themselves for my taste. Like, mm. you know, I'm all for like shameless self promotion and like believing in yourself, but when you start belittling other people, that's a problem. Yeah, you yeah. Know? That's not cool. Um, so I guess nah, man. I my, my collaborate my collaborative experiences here and I I really think in my life in general have, have been pretty good. That's great. Um, which I'm I'm sure there's a lot of people that have some horror stories. What what about you? I mean I haven't really collabed with a lot of people like I've so my friend Fight Pilot D like we've made a lot of music together 
um, there's been a there's been a good bit of people who have wanted me to work with them. We like, but I'm like, all right, cool, yeah, let's work. And then you know, I don't hear back from them. Oh, dude, that's a story of my life. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do this on your podcast. Go ahead. Make this public. I love y'all. Please. Serious inquiries only. <laughs> you can in put that in your inbox. bio, but they but they still won't. <laughs> in my inbox, I cannot. T- please, I'm begging y'all. I cannot tell you how many times a week I get less work, fam. Yeah, I'm like, cool. What you want? I got a mixtape. I want you on it. Sweet. What do you want? <laughs> Man, uh, I want you to sing on two choruses. Sweet. Here's how much I need on publishing if I write it. Here's what my fee's going to be. You're what? <laughs> I'm That's sorry. Crazy. What What part of I don't do this for free. This is how I eat, man. Yeah. Like, you know, people pay me to do this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm all for collaborating. But the thing is, that's another thing. I don't want artists. How can I say this the right way? I don't want artists to get discouraged and feel like because somebody's not throwing them a bone that they're not willing to collaborate. Mm. I didn't really get thrown a bunch of bones in life yeah. with my career at all. I had to work and work and work and work to get to those opportunities where I was in the right room with the right people. And I just so happened to seize my chance and it went well. Um, I get these people that want me to introduce them to other people that are famous and they want that they, you know, it's like being used in a way. Um, and I won't do it, but I'll I'll tell people, yo, if you want to collaborate, we can collaborate. But if you want me to just hop on something, it's a business. I mean, that that's it. You know, if you, if you were putting for your record, I'm sure you're going to need some graphics done for it. (laughs) You're going to just ask your graphic designer and everybody that takes to do it on GP. Write write this up, man. Go ahead. Do that for me. You know, like, let me know when it's done. Right. It doesn't work that way. You know, and it's like, it's not, it's not that I'm not down to collaborate because I am, but collaboration is a very personal thing too. Like we were just talking about that. If the energy's not right, the song ain't going to be right. I'm not yeah. going to sit down and collaborate with somebody that I just, I don't know. I have nothing in common with. I've never vibed with them to see, you know, something as simple as asking another musician, yo, clap your hands. <laughs> what What is your clapping sound like? Not the sound of the clap that you make. What does your inner groove sound like? If mm-hmm. I say clap your hands, are you going to hit some backbeats? Are you, you just going to hit two and four? Or is there going to be some syncopation in there? What rhythm do you walk to, mm-hmm. you know? I look for that kind of thing. And you can't find that when somebody's like, yo, hop on my mixtape, fam. I'll do that for, for a price. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I don't want that to sound like an asshole, but it's, it's just the truth, man. I mean, when you go to a restaurant, you got to pay for your food, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. You, you ever watch Rick and Morty? Oh, yeah. I, that- I like Rick and Morty a lot. <laughs> There's this uh, episode where I think Rick and Morty got captured by some people and uh actually it sounds like every episode (laughs) (laughs) yeah right i think it was actually when they got captured by like that planet of ricks or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. and um there were some aliens that were in the room and then they were like take them away or something they're like yeah we'll do it for money (laughs) so that's what i think about was like when people ask you like oh yeah man i need you to do this like yeah i'll do it for money well see the other thing is though it's all about how you approach people too like 
I've I've got people that you know like uh, that are acquaintances mm-hmm. that like I, I'm not gonna say are necessarily like hardcore friends, but I've met them, and they're you know we're fans of each other's work and stuff. Like they'll hit me up and be like, "Yo, let's collaborate on something." I'm in town. Tell me what your rates are. Mm-hmm. That is how you conduct business. Mm-hmm. You don't just go in and assume something for free. You should have enough respect as an artist for someone else's work to make sure that they're being represented the right way. That's that's how I feel anyway. Yeah. yeah. You know, um like for example, um one of my buddies, Jovan, shout out Jovan. Uh he's an artist. Uh he's got a children's book out. I mean, he's uh-huh. in like he, there's a documentary about him and his dad on Amazon Prime. Like dude's legit. Nice. And he came into town and um he brought me um an oil pastel of Johnny Cash, black and white, really cool, gonna look awesome in my house. And I was like, sweet, how much does this cost? Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, 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 that's for you. And I mean, we went back and forth, because I was like, <laughs> no, dude, this is your artistry, you took the time to do this, yeah. what's it cost? And eventually, you know, eventually I backed off, but I yeah. was dead serious, you know, like, that's just, that's how I am, and it's, it's not just musicians and visual artists, I think it's just any kind of work you do, whether you, you know, love the work you're doing or not, you deserve to be recognized for it mm-hmm. in some way, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, I'm all for, you know, homies helping each other out, but, like, at the same time, if I'm in a position where I need a favor from one of my homies and I can pay them, I'm going to make that happen. Absolutely. Support the home team, right? Absolutely. You know? I So, I had Luis on the, the podcast, and... um after I had her on, you know, I heard her music. I liked her music or whatever. And I hit her up and I was like, yo, how much do you charge for a session? You know, I, I didn't, I didn't even think to just be like, yo, can, <laughs> can you, can you do this chorus for me? Or can you, you know, yeah. I, I didn't ask her like that. I was like, yo, how much do you charge to, yeah. to record? Because I wanted and to pay her. Right. The I know she's thing a good is, artist. You probably find more often than not, if you approach someone the right way, they'll probably be like, yeah, we can work with we can work on something. Yeah, they're not yeah. it, it's all about how you approach somebody. Yeah. If you approach them that way and like you approach somebody with respect, it's like, man, we can work something out. But if it's like, you know, just demanding and like just the energy's wrong, you just yeah. I'm not gonna just talk. You're gonna get you gonna get a number with a dollar sign. That's yeah. what it's gonna cost you. You'll get what you asked for, and that's the extent of it. Yeah. I don't want work to be like that with collaboration, even if I'm getting paid for it or I'm paying someone else for a feature, mm-hmm. I want to be able to, you know, keep that relationship going. Yeah. Which I've, I've been really lucky. I've been able to do. That's why I've been able to do stuff with Al and, and you know, all the, all the rappers I'm working with, because it's just like, we bounce ideas off of each other. Uh, if they need some soulful vocals, they call me. If I have a song that, that I need a verse on, I'm like, Let's see. Okay, I'll be perfect for this. Such and such will be perfect for this. It's just a big team. Mm. Team mentality. That's it's all about that, man. So who are you trying to work with? Ooh, like uh Doesn't like, have to be from this area, just Ooh, who, like oh, oh <laughs> all right. Actively seeking, who are you trying to work with? All right, let's see. Let's let's put some people on the spot. Well, there there's some stuff in the works that I that I can't really talk about yet because it's it's early. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there there's some stuff going on. There's some people I've been wanting to work with that it's not it's it, it it's not set in stone, 
but it's more than likely going to happen at okay. some point soon. But if you want to ask me about like my dream collabs uh, on the rap side, 8Ball and MJG. Mm. Straight up. Ball and G. That should be doable. It is doable. Yeah. That's very, I've met Ball and G multiple yeah, times. It's doable. doable. It doesn't matter, though. That's still like my, like, you could put anyone in front of me. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, Ball and G, That's I want to do a song with them. Hmm. I mean, sure, I'd love to do a song with like M or yeah, yeah. something like that. But no, Ball and G. Um, in terms of production, Rick Rubin. Hmm. Um, Dre, yeah. Uh, Timberland. Oh, Timberland. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just the legends, man. I mean, but I want to go back and work with like, you know, anyone that's still alive from like, you know, like the Sound of Philadelphia and mm. like you know old motown and stacks and those guys too like yeah. really eclectic um i really want to do a duet period like i don't know if it you know male or female uh if I could do a duet with Donnie Hathaway, that'd be my dream. But, you know, either he would have to come back to life or I would have to die. And then somehow we'd have to get it back to y'all. <laughs> and that's just, you know, it'd be a big mess. Um, I'd like to do uh, I'd like to do a song with Elton John. That'd be cool. I've actually mm. gotten into Elton John a lot. Okay. Always been into him. Um, but I really started studying... Um, the harmony and you know like the way he uses melody um and just his attitude too of just just that fearlessly being yourself i, I have a lot of respect for that yeah um i wouldn't mind working with kanye but kanye like polo shirt and backpack air kanye <laughs> like that kanye like not this kanye oh man <laughs> like i need back like like graduation Kanye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give me that. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I um, I think yeah. I think being able to Quincy Jones too. Yeah. Being able to think about those people that you just named and then at how old are you? Twenty nine. Okay. At the age of twenty nine, there's so many people who have started way after you. I mean not I guess like on the mainstream side started yeah. way after you. And you just got to keep on just like, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. And then yeah. if you like, I've, I've seen some people just keep their head down and just keep working. And then boom, it just happens. And it's oh, like, don't, they don't even know how they got there. Don't get me wrong. It's, I mean, like it, it's already paid off in a big way. Like I have a career now. Now I'm not very far removed from like, it was one or two people at my shows that were mm. my fans. And then the rest was like my family. I'm not very far removed from that. Yeah. But I mean, like some of these guys I'm talking about, I've, I've, I've I mean, I, I've sung back up for Stevie Wonder. Mm. I sung back up for Faith Hill. Uh, I performed for Quincy Jones twice. I mean, in terms of being in the room and being able to pick the brains of people like uh, Paul Simon, John Mayer, Wyclef Jean. Wow. Like, I mean, I've had some really unique opportunities. I've, I've done film. I've done TV. I've done big tours, you know, I've 
played big arenas and stuff. You know, I've gotten a taste of what it's like, mm-hmm. but just enough of a taste to make me so much more hungry for it, you know? Yeah. To the point that sometimes I just want to bash my head into the wall because I'm bored. Yeah, yeah. Just like, damn it, this, where is the drama? This is no fun, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, man. Uh, so what's your next big move? Getting this, uh, getting this album out. But honestly, man, um, right now I'm just enjoying life, dude. I, I mean, I, I almost died, back, you know, a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, not like just a little brush with death. Like yeah. I mean, it was going down. Like the doctors and everything were like, you know, you ain't gonna make it, buddy. Mm. Um, so I am actually just now kind of getting back to enjoying life again it's yeah. it's an adjustment I, I suffer from anxiety and depression um pretty bad um some ptsd and stuff like that mm-hmm. um so kind of working my way back into a sense of normalcy like whatever normal is you know whatever yeah. the fuck that is who knows um I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying, I don't even want to say getting back to myself, but that that's, I guess that's kind of what I'm doing, but really more like finding out who I am and what I'm capable of. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, right now my thing is right now I'm I'm on this pull up thing. I want to do pull ups. Okay. I used to be obese and huge. I could never do a pull up. And then I, my muscles went into atrophy and stuff when I got sick and like I lost all this weight, just weak. I could barely walk mm. and I've been working out. And the other day at my buddy's house, I almost did a pull up and I got so excited. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I'm like, I'm like six inches away, man. I just got to get that chin above the bar. So now yeah. I've got the pull up bar and I'm like gung ho about it. Like I'm going <laughs> to get that damn pull up. And then when I do that one, I'm going to do 10 and then I'm going to do a hundred, you yeah. know? So I, I'm little things like that are bringing me joy. Um, my wife uh, just started her dream job at St. Jude. Nice. Uh, she's a nurse. Okay. Um, so I've been enjoying. You know, we're still newlyweds. We hadn't even married a year yet. Oh wow. So uh, I'm still enjoying that. Um, but I'm really, really happy to get back to music, and I'm itching so bad, just chomping at the bit. For live music to come back i yeah. miss gigging yeah like i really miss it there's nothing like it i mean nothing in the world i it's a drug it really is and like i'm going through withdrawals bad <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. well when you do get back uh is there a certain a certain song that you like oh let me let me get this out to the people so that they can yeah feel um, what i've been through yeah the one i just put out um ready willing and able um that that's that's the one i'm gonna push really hard uh when i get back to gigging i mean i've only had i had one live stream show and then i did like a little private party um that's really been about it since the the pandemic yeah um so when I can get back out and perform, I'm going to push that song. And I've gotten a lot of awesome feedback on it, too. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, that's one thing. Like, I see these people with these massive social media followings, but then you look at, like, who interacts with them. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, dude, I don't care that you've got 40,000 followers because you've got 27 likes on your picture. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm lucky enough that I have a fan base that tends to interact with me. And 
this song in particular, um, I've gotten a lot of feedback from people saying it made them feel something. Yeah. You know, it, it more or less it was validation that I did my job as a songwriter. It, I, it, it got the desired effect. It inspired people, helped some people cope with some things, come mm-hmm. to term with things. Cause really as a songwriter, that's our burden. And our curse is to be able to take the pain of the world, experience it and explain it without having actually gone through it you know i mean how many times have you heard a song that just spoke to you it's like (laughs) god it's like they know exactly what i need to hear that's the songwriter's gift and not everyone has it but it can drive you insane too because it'll take you to some dark places you know if you open yourself up to that kind of energy um so that particular song is what i'm gonna push it's it's uplifting i like to think it's inspirational um it was for me anyway you know yeah so yeah that's awesome well man it's it's been great having you on I'm, thanks man I'm really glad that you're able to give me all that info <laughs> <laughs> about everything that you've been through and uh with your weight loss your sickness and then how you with stacks and everything that's it's great for you know for people to know like how somebody can you know come from where they were and then make it to where you are now it's got a long way to go though man yeah yeah but dude thanks for having me uh this was a blast uh you're you're a good host nice and (laughs) easy to talk to yeah that's good man so again thank you very much for having me bro appreciate it um give everybody your everything contact instagram whatever cool uh instagram uh, (laughs) see instagram is Ashton, A-S-H-T-O-N underscore Riker, R-I-K-E-R, I think. Let me make sure. Let me follow you. I forgot that I follow you. Yeah, what I do is like, so Rachel pretty much books all my podcasts, uh-huh. and then I'll check the person out, but I don't follow them because mm-hmm. I don't want to see everything that they're doing. Mm-hmm. That way, like, we have something to talk about. Because if you. I already yeah, know yeah, yeah. everything about yeah. you, it, it's not as good, I got I you. Um, but yeah, it's Ashton underscore Riker, R-I-K-E-R. And that's going to be for Instagram uh, and Twitter. Uh, Facebook, I am... Well, I think I'm just Ashton Riker on Facebook. It used to be real long. It used to be like my whole name almost. <laughs> and then I don't even remember who it was. Somebody was like, God, man, we got to change that. Like, I got to type in too much shit to find you. That's funny. Um, let me see. Yeah, it's just Ashton Riker. Um, and then if you search search my name on um, Apple Music, Spotify, uh, Amazon Music, YouTube, Red, Tidal, all your favorite streaming sites, all my um, all my stuff's on there. Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, man. All right, thanks, man. All right, thank you for everybody tuning in, and uh, see y'all next time. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to Romero Records Podcast on your favorite streaming platform. If you enjoyed listening, you should probably try watching on YouTube. It's way more entertaining seeing my guests and I talk, trust me. Smack that subscribe button, leave a comment, and uh, give it a like. Those simple gestures really help me out. So uh, stay tuned in for the next episode, and let's keep it rolling.